You're listening to episode 58, my exclusive interview with Trish Jenkins, three-time author and professional speaker, discussing her book, Dangerous Wealth, what every successful woman needs to know to avoid being ripped off. Welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally Show, sharing God's prescription for total health in spirit, soul, and body. I'm your host, Rakesia McMillan, award-winning author, Air Force veteran, and total health coach. I'm passionate about sharing biblical truth, scientific research, and practical lifestyle approaches to help heal your world naturally. In this exclusive interview, I had the opportunity to host Trish Jenkins. Trish never expected that doing her job would land her in prison. After unwittingly working for a fraudulent fund manager, this Australian wife, mother, and church leader was ripped away from her young family to live with society's broken and despised criminals. Yet Trish learned more in eight months in prison than in her 20 years in the business world about resilience, adapting to change, and leadership. In the place of spiritual darkness, Trish walked in faith. While often paying a high price for it, she more often saw miracles. The strongest prison bars are in your head. Today, Trish is an author and professional speaker who works with companies who want to build resilient leaders and teams who are brave and adaptable to change in an unpredictable world. She also ministers to church and faith groups on how to see Romans 8:28 manifest so that God makes all things work together for your good. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome to the show three-time author and professional speaker, Trish Jenkins. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's great to have you on the show today. Very much looking forward to what you have to share. And before we get into the show, Trish, I usually open up with an icebreaker question. So if you could just let our audience know, what are you doing in your life right now that is rocking your world naturally? Oh, what's rocking my world naturally? At the moment, I just started an online challenge of 10 minutes a day of rocking my abs, my core. It has got so it has got so soft, and I've been horse riding lately and noticing I needed to strengthen it. And uh, so I think I can do 10 minutes a day of burpees and twists, well, all the things that you're supposed to do, and uh, we'll see how we go with that. And that, of course, means uh, not eating rubbish for the 30 days as well. So and prayer and and uh, those sorts of things. But that's a thing that's it's literally rocking me because it hurts. <laughs> could all benefit from strengthening our core a little more Trish so I'm glad to hear that you're um, you know you have that challenge out there so even for those of you that are listening you know if you want to um, take that challenge on to strengthen your core because I'm hearing a lot just with COVID um, 
many people, they're trying to find some more creative ways to stay healthy, to work out, or whether it's to strengthen their core, Trish, they're, you know, doing some some different things to be able to um, stay healthy at this time. Mm, it is. And I'm not a fan of exercise, but I just know that, okay, 10 minutes I can do. <laughs> yeah. Lots of water. So I'm feeling good. Yeah, and that's a reasonable goal too, like 10 minutes when you break it down in increments like that. It just makes mm. it easier. Mm. Yeah, it does. So I am um, very excited to have you on the show today, Trish, and I just find your story, your testimony just encouraging and it um, has set the, the platform, the stage for what God has called you to and to um, speak into the lives of so many people. So can you just share a little bit about your background, Trish, and um, how you kind of got to the place that you are now? Oh, I'd love to, Rakesia, because God has just been so good. You know, when I, I currently, well, when I'm able to, I speak on platforms to conferences to speak about resilience and bringing 21st century tools of resilience because it's such a difficult world that we live in. And I came to that, you know, people sometimes ask me, how is it that you got to be a speaker? How did that journey go? And, and uh, it's not a journey I would recommend. But God will use everything. And, you know, Romans 8.28 says he makes all things work together for our good. So it's grown out of a testimony that I have in that um, in 2005, I was working for a fellow who uh, in a managed um, what Americans call a mutual fund. And uh, what I didn't know is that he was a crook. He was a fraud and he was stealing investors money, in, including my own. And uh, my role working for him was to make sure everybody got paid each month. But what he was doing was actually what's known as a Ponzi scheme, which is where what you think is your increase coming back to you, your return, they're actually giving you a little bit of your own money back so that you think that it's it's still going. And it's not sustainable. It, eventually it has to implode and there's not enough money to keep it going because you need more money coming in. And suddenly he stopped supplying me with the funds I needed to pay people because he'd run out and telling me the market's doing this and that and and uh, my money was tied up as well and I had months of people coming to me as the contact person asking where's my money where's my money you don't know how much I need my money uh, they were emailing phoning turning up at my home Rakesia turning up at my house making demands and it was so stressful that uh, my resilience ran out and I couldn't take it anymore. And I said to him, look, you've got money over here. Can I use that? And he said, all right, do that. So I paid people with money that was actually meant for something else. Mm. And that was a breach of the Corporations Act. <clears throat> so what followed was the thing he got reported, complained about by somebody and, and the authorities invited me for an interview where I said, well, you know, uh, this things have been tight and so I, I tried to help things along by doing this payment and uh, can you tell me what to do to fix things up because I could replace it from my mortgage and they just stopped and said, excuse me, you did what? And that's when I realised that what I had done was a bit more serious than what I realised. 
Mm. And uh, the whole thing collapsed and I was advised to go into voluntary liquidation, which is where all of your assets get sold up and the proceeds go to paying the liquidators their fee to sell you up. And that took a couple of years. And then I was charged with fraud. Mm. Uh, and that was a really, that's an F word you don't want to hear. I'll tell you what. And that was so frightening. Mm -hmm. And 2009, January 2009, I went to court to receive my penalty, which could have been a fine. But what it turned out to be was eight months of incarceration. Mm. Mm. It was a big deal. That was away from my husband and my three little girls. And it was not what we were expecting. Although a couple of days before that happened, uh, when I was praying, the Lord revealed to me that, that I would go in, but he would be with me and he had a plan, mm. uh, which was not really comforting. It, it kind of was, but it wasn't because, you know, we all want the testimony of, phew, that was close, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> but we don't really want the testimony that is through the fire. Yeah. But, you know, real life happens to everyone. And, and what I learned is that the strongest prison bars are actually in your head. And and they could be prison bars of sickness, of a bad relationship. It could be in a job that you hate. It could be your own doubts and limitations on yourself. And you can be free in your mind and in your spirit no matter where you are. And that's what the Lord taught me to do while I was incarcerated. And that's what I teach other people to do when, since I've come home. Mm. Well, what an experience. I mean, you're working, you know, in a position, Trish, where you're thinking that you're doing the right thing. And then suddenly, you know, things change overnight to where you're mm. being charged, you're being incarcerated, you're away you know, from your children, your husband, and, you know, in moments like those, what was the main area of your faith that really helped you to, to get through that time? Well, Rakesia, I, I had to get to the point, you know, I, my faith, my beliefs were challenged, not my belief in who Jesus is. But I had been in a church where we'd been taught if you give, mm. if you're good, if you're kind, uh, God will reward you. And and I do believe that's true. You know, you, you, we, we sow and we sow and, and we reap. And uh, I, I had believed that this investment was the blessing of God. And so I didn't, it, it created a bias and I didn't, uh, use the the natural assessments that I normally would because I thought, hey, this is God, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I learned that while God is true and God is good and God is right, uh, my assumptions about him can be off mm -hmm. and what I can expect. And I had to come to the point of accepting what may happen and surrender and, you know, when you get led to read the book of Job, 
mm-hmm. you know that it's not going to be <laughs> it's not going to be a comfortable time and and we all want the blessing you know we all want the we all want the prophecies that say god is going to bring money into your hands and he's going to bring prosperity yeah. health and all these great things and then you led to the verse where job says you know what yeah this has been tough but yeah. though he slay me yeah. Yet I will praise him Mm-mm-mm. because God had faith, uh, Job had faith that that wasn't the end of the story. And even if it was, kind of like, uh, you know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego when they when they said to the king, our God is able to deliver us. And even if he doesn't, yeah. we will not bow. And I had to get to that point. It's not popular Rikisia, I know it's not popular, but there is such a freedom and a blessing in saying, you know what, Lord, I trust you. Yes. Your will be done. God didn't make me fail. I did that by myself, but he knew what I was made of and he he knows the pressures that come to bear on us and he knows our reactions. And it's not like a big game he's playing to trick us into doing the wrong thing so he can be glorified. It's just that he knows all of the cards in the deck, and he knows uh, what we're made of. But mm. our response yeah. has to be to turn towards him. Now, I did have to learn some strategies around uh, my mental health and my emotional health and my physical health mm-hmm. uh, because when you're feeling frightened and depressed and anxious because I wasn't superwoman from the start it wasn't like that it wasn't like I'm a great woman of faith I'm just going to go through this it was a journey of um, encouraging myself and then getting frightened and then having to address those fears and then triggers from my past of you know everything comes up and then your relationship is tested and I had to make some solid consistent repeated decisions uh, over and over of things like um, I will not have these kinds of conversations with people. I had to have boundaries in my life. I I couldn't, I I had to arrest my thinking, (laughs) arrest, funny. Um, I I had to recognise where my mind was going and consciously speak the word of God out. Here's a tip for people. The spoken word just as running is more powerful than walking, you would agree, yeah. so too the spoken word is stronger than your thought life. And when your thoughts, when you get into stinking thinking, you have got to address that not with another thought but with a spoken word out loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't even have to argue with yourself. It can be, yes, I know I might be feeling anxious and fearful However, the Lord is with me and he has promised to deliver me and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love and of a sound mind. I speak and I declare, Trish, you have a sound mind. You are not losing it. You are not going crazy. This too will pass. Romans 8.28 says my, that God makes all things work together for our good. Not all things are good, but he can work those things together for our good. And if we can take a hold of that and catch those things early, catch those thoughts, catch those little foxes that spoil the vine, so to speak, uh, and replace them, then that's going to help someone listening right now. That thought right just there Mm -hmm. is catch those thoughts and speak the truth. Uh, 
And the other thing that that helped me when I was in there, it was such an extraordinary thing for me to be there and it wasn't expected. The lawyers weren't really sure that I could have got a fine for what happened. Uh, But we had had the global financial crisis in 2008. So people were pretty touchy about financial matters. Yeah. And uh, I just said, God, you are the one in control of this. Whatever sentence I receive is part of your purpose for my life. Yeah. So I'm going to see this as my mission field. Yeah. And uh, I was in there. And there were three things, and this is what I even teach today, there were three things that I had to learn to do uh, in that frightening environment. And whether your environment is an actual prison or whether it's the workplace where you're not happy or whether it's in your home life or, or somewhere else in a situation, there are three things that you need to examine and challenge and ask questions of. And one is, this person in front of me, now I had criminals in front of me who were scary looking. They were from a different demographic to me. They were often from very rough backgrounds mm. uh, and emotionally, you know, when someone has been abused and mistreated at a certain age, suppose, say, when they're, you know, a child, very often that part of them, uh, it's they they don't they can grow up and still react in the yeah. way of a, a child or, or you know th- those triggers upset them and they can act out so you've got people acting out uh there, there might be a 30 year old woman having a tantrum like she's 11 mm-hmm. and uh i had to see her differently and see past that and i would ask god how do i how do you, how do you see this person And he would show me a different way of looking at her and look through to the person, to the daughter of God that she was, of the God that she didn't know yet or may have heard of. So there's the person, the circumstance. There were lots of circumstances where things were unjust, unfair, difficult, um, not lawful, not not. Things were not done properly, your privacy getting violated, there's your human rights getting violated, and what are you going to do? You know, and, and I didn't even know some of them were violations that shouldn't have happened. Uh, and, um, you know, we had male officers in a female prison. Now, it was the female officers that did the strip searches, but that, that feeling of violation is, is just... And look, over 90% of women who go to prison have been sexually assaulted in some way. And so that's really traumatic for them in particular. There's all sorts of things that go on. So there would be circumstances. There would be an argument over whose turn it is on the telephone. It was it was a lot like school, actually. If, if you remember, I don't know what it was like for you, but for a lot of people, girls at high school, around about the ninth grade, I don't know if that's high school for you guys, junior high, I guess. Yeah. Uh, girls that are around about 14, 13, 14, when they're, they really can be at their worst, at their meanest. You, do you remember those girls? Oh, yes. <laughs> Maybe you were one. I don't know. But, <laughs> but um, I, you know, I didn't handle them well then and I didn't handle them well now, you know, because they were, it was like being trapped among the mean girls. Mm. And yet God showed me to see them differently. Yeah. And when there was an issue, an injustice, I would say, God, how do you see this? 
because I just want to rip someone's head off. You know, this is just so unfair. I just want to have a tantrum myself. And then the third thing I had to look at, so there was the person in front of me, the circumstance, and then there was me. And I had to examine my heart and my attitudes and say, God, where do I stand in this? How do you see me? And quite often it would result in me repenting regardless of what someone else has done so that because I desperately needed him. You know, circumstances can be so hard that you want to run away. You want to say, I've had enough of this God stuff. I don't want to do anything, have anything to do with it. But if that's the case, then I would respectfully suggest that your circumstances are not serious enough mm. because I could not afford to be without him. I de- it was too dangerous. I desperately needed the Holy Spirit around me, protecting me, in me, speaking to me, moving through me, showing me. Yeah. And so many things happened that... Uh, caused me caused created an opportunity for me to pray for someone else um mostly when with the prison experience it was mostly a, a, a spiritual health uh i mean this your show is about health and uh, i mean the the food was pretty basic so uh and there wasn't a lot of exercise to be done um but i did make sure i didn't eat all the bread that was on offer and, and so on because i i knew that you know obesity is a is a problem um, because people are unhappy and they're bored not much to do, so they eat. So I was, I was careful about that. Uh, and I went to the gym and just ran around the basketball court as often as I was allowed to. Uh, so mainly my my mental and emotional and physical health came from uh, spiritual a spiritual source and, and keeping up that way. Mm. So it was just as if, you know, when you were inside you know the prison that God gave you a brand new set of lenses to see people and to see situations in a different perspective a God perspective you know and it's almost um, you know the scriptures say that when Jesus was amongst the crowds of people that he was moved with compassion when he Mm. saw them and so the fact that God had you in that environment and seeing the people from a different perspective created a, a level of compassion for them. It, um, yeah. Yeah. Look, it really did. And what that did was it allowed me to have conversations with people that were not about telling them how to live or that they need Jesus, although, you know, I definitely wanted to tell them that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was about genuinely connecting and caring, Mm. having that compassion, and it naturally followed that they would allow me to pray for them and for their need Mm. and to lead them to Jesus, to introduce them to him. And I, I led a lot of women to Jesus I I introduced a lot of them to him some of them had barely heard of him but I met one woman who'd never even heard that God loved her never even Mm -hmm. ever never even heard the the phrase never even read it on a billboard God loves you no idea and uh, I thought how does that happen you know in in our culture how is it that that gets slid that slides by without someone knowing that now look 
to be honest, a lot of these women, their lives, even though they've given their heart to the Lord, mm-hmm. their lives may not change a heck of a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not going to suddenly become wealthy, middle-class, you know, housewives. That, that, that's, not, that's not synonymous with Christian anyway. That's a cultural concept that isn't right. But what they do have is access to a source yeah. that can strengthen them, that they can turn to. And when life is tough further down the track, they'll remember someone who cared about them. Mm. You know, as someone said, um, people won't remember what you told them, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Oh, and I can't remember who, who said that, but, but um, it's so true. And not just telling them what they want to hear, but really caring about them. And I do think that's the key to reconciliation of all sorts of things in our modern world where people have got so many opinions and they're expressing them all online and it's all quite aggressive. Mm -hmm. When if we can just look past the divisions and see the person and care about them, then we can make connections. I have friends, close friends on both sides of politics. I have, you know, all sorts of you know, cultural, cross-cultural connections. Sure. And uh, I I look for what we have in common. Mm-hmm. I don't compromise my faith. I don't, you know, I'm not going to go and bow in worship to a, to a you know, a pagan mm-hmm. god just because my friends got one. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's not, you know, and God gives you the wisdom when you're, when you're, when you pray and say, Lord, what do I do here? You know, how, how, and when I travel today, when I'm traveling, when I used to travel and hopefully will again, and I would do these trips where I'd speak, and these would be secular business opportunities that I would speak to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I show them the techniques, and then I do mention um, my faith and background in terms of context, but I'm not there to preach. Yeah. Uh, but when I do travel, I always say, Lord, how can I be a blessing to whoever you put in front of me today? remind me and show me and we can do that in our everyday lives oh absolutely might be at the grocers it might be you know because he who waters is gets watered himself so when we encourage someone else and we're in tune with how can i be a blessing to this person um then we get encouraged as well now we don't want to drown in uh, trying to rescue all the negative people because that you've got to have your boundaries and you've got to spend that intimate time with him yourself. Mm-hmm. My best times of refreshing are I love to worship, and I'll sometimes even just Google, um, you know, worship songs. Yes. And and just sing or instrumental worship songs and just mm-hmm. sit in his presence, and that's where that secret place power comes from. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about that. And so the opportunity for you to share with women that you were with in prison definitely allows them to access that source, tap into that source, because there's a time in each and every one of our lives where we need, you know, God, we need um, his presence. We need someone who is greater than our situations or circumstances, anything that we could face um, in the situations that that we are in. And so even out of that experience that you had, you know, within prison, Trish, there was a book 
that yes. came out of that. So can you talk a little bit about your book to our listeners? Yes, I can. And, uh, and all my books are on Amazon. Um, or if uh, the listeners would like to visit my website, I've got a ministry website, trishjenkinsministries.com, and I have a business uh, website, which is my motivational speaking, and that is speakertrishjenkins.com. My book, while I was incarcerated, I wrote letters and journal entries and I've collated those. So that tracked my journey. So, on, you know, on, on page 100, uh, I, I didn't know what was going to be happening on page 150. So it's written as it happened with some extra notes in there. And that's called Treasures of Darkness, A Prison Journey. And uh, so people can Google that along with my name, uh, Trish Jenkins. And they can find that. They can either get it through my website or through Amazon if they want to. And uh, by all means, connect with me on um, social media. And I have a YouTube channel if people want to maybe see some more tips and um, stories. And there's even a playlist where I'm actually reading some of the book out loud. And that YouTube, it's just youtube.com slash Trish Jenkins. Uh, I'd love people to visit that and, um, you know, have a, have a little bit of a poke around there and explore. And, uh, and, get in, and I do have, uh, yes, I have finance books as well, uh, one particularly for women on how to avoid getting ripped off in finance and relationships, uh, and that's called Dangerous Wealth, What Every Successful Woman Needs to Know to Avoid Being Ripped Off. You don't have to remember the title. Just remember Trish Jenkins and books, and it mm-hmm. should come up in a Google, and it's on my website, so you can explore there. Yeah. Oh, excellent. And are there... Any departing words that you would like to share um, with the women today, Trish? Uh, Yes, Rakesia, you matter, you have value, and we need you. And what I'd love to do is uh, I promised in my notes that there's one exercise I do virtually um, is, is to give you a hug. And what I'd like to invite people to do is put their arms around themselves and I'm doing it right now where I'm sitting. Put your arms around yourselves and feel the, feel the warmth and the pressure from your arms and hands. And through the radio, hear my words. This is me embracing you. I hug you. And I'm whispering in your ear that you matter. You have value. And we need you. Look up, sister. Sister girl, I'm right here. Rakesia is here and we love you. And release when you're ready. Absolutely beautiful. Beautiful, (laughs) beautiful, beautiful. And I know that so many of our sisters felt that genuine love, hug, and um, mm. feeling and sensing that, Trisha. Thank you so much um, for that. It has been my pleasure to um, host you on the show today. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thank you, Rakesia. God bless you, Trish. God bless you, too. For health tips, faith-based education, and inspiration, visit www.rockyourworldnaturally.com 
and on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Rock Your World Naturally and Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Rock Your World 28.